Welcome to a day of prayer. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Together, let's engage in relationship with Christ through prayer, faith, and His Word. Hello, I'm Promise, and you're listening to Day of Prayer's Morning Bible Study. We're so glad you could join us. Before we get into the Word, Kyla, can you, can you open us up in prayer? Yes, I can. Lord, we just thank you for being a mighty and an awesome God, God, and that you're more than capable of doing everything you said you would, God, and that you'll bring everything to pass, God, that there's no word left that you've spoken that's been left undone. You will fulfill everything. Lord, I just thank you for keeping those the things we commit to you, God, and strengthening our minds and our hearts and assuring us, God, that you're capable of doing everything that you said you can and you would do, God. Lord, I just ask that you continue to watch over the, the young children, God, whose minds are unguarded. I ask that you share them up and you keep them, God, that they come into the knowledge and the recognition of who you are. Lord, I ask that you strengthen our listeners, God, and help them be that bright and shining light that goes out into the darkness and offers grace and light to the world and recognition of who you are, God. Lord, I just welcome you into our midst, God, to move and flow in our Bible study and first allow us to be the light to the darkness, God, and that we speak what you have us to say, God, and accurately convey what it is you want us to say. And we thank you for all our listeners and our partners, God. In your name, Lord Jesus, amen. Amen. All right, so we're continuing our study with Second Peter, and this morning we are in chapter 3. So could I get a volunteer to read the first nine verses, please? I will. All right, Layla. It says, Beloved, I now write to you the second epistle, in both of which I stir up your pure minds by way of reminder, that you may be mindful of the words which were spoken before by the holy prophets, and of the commandment of us, the apostles of the Lord and Savior, knowing this first that scoffers will come in the last days, walking according to their own lust, and saying, Where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. For this they willfully forget, that by the word of God the heavens were old, and the earth standing out of water, and in the water, by which the world that then existed perished, being flooded with water. But the heavens and the earth, which are now preserved by the same word, are reserved for fire until the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. But, beloved, do not forget this one thing, that with the Lord one day is as a thousand years, and a thousand years as one day. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some count slackness, but is long-suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance." Amen. Well, there's a lot in there. So I will, as we do here, open the floor to to each of y'all first and allow you to share what the Holy Spirit's ministering to you. And, and of course, if there are any questions, please ask them. All right? Okay. Okay. Well, who'd like to begin? Do you want to go? Not unless you want to, promise. You can go, Lila. Okay. Thank you. I just really like verse 9 where it says that the Lord is now, 
slack concerning his promise as we would look at slackness, but long-suffering and patient towards others, not willing that any should perish. Mm-hmm. And I just looked at about God, and I'm like, wow. Um, just looking at it, yeah, we, we get it mixed up sometimes and go, oh, God, you're being lazy, you're slack. And he's not slack. He's just being patient and allowing all of his sheep to come to him because we let's let's put it in a different perspective. Okay, let's say I was a sinner, right? I wouldn't want the Lord to come back early and I was supposed to come to him and cut off my chance of being saved, right? And I would ex- expect that there would be time given for me to come into that to that knowledge of him and having a personal relationship with him. So in the standpoints of others, God is long-suffering like, he, like you expect him to be for you if you were a sinner. He's not going to cut their chance off early. He's not going to judge them prematurely. He's going to give everybody the chance to make their choice. Everybody. And yes, as if you're looking in the humanistic point of view of things, it does look like he's slacking off. But he isn't. He's working everything as it should be. We are the ones that need to stay in alignment because if anybody's being slack, it's me. It's humans because we aren't God. We can't work everything out at the same time, have it already worked out. Now, it's just a natural catching up with it. And let that be an assurance and a reminder to you that you don't have to worry about missing out or anything or being judged for an unrighteous action because God's got you. He has me. He's got everything and is doing everything that needs to be done. So all we need to do is ride with him, walk with him, serve him, and do everything that he asks us to do in excellence with the willing and obedient heart because that's what counts. That's what he's looking for in us. Will I find my children doing what I told them to do, walking in faith, serving me when I come back. For he who's coming is coming quickly, and he won't wait. It's better to be found where you're supposed to be versus pointing and going, you're not doing right. Amen. There's there's a lot of good points that you bring up. Um, And yes, that is one of the things that in this Peter is talking about is time. Um, But he's also really trying to encourage the people he's writing to, which is us, the, the church, the body of Christ, right? To remember the things spoken of by the prophets. So, one, that the Lord is coming. And then, yes, he goes into discussing time. And he says, what he's getting at is, in his statement of, a thousand years is as a day, and a day is a thousand years. Time was created for man not time for the Lord. He knows all, sees all. It's <laughs> it, it was made for us, so we can understand. And uh, I think it's captured very well in Ecclesiastes 3. So if you would turn there, please. Um, uh, I'm not going to read the whole chapter. I'm not, not going to read the whole chapter. I'll let you read it on your own. It is a you know, fortunately, unfortunately, it's something that's referenced a lot during funerals, um, especially starting in verse 2. But I just want to read a few select verses from this, this chapter. The first verse, uh, Ecclesiastes 
To everything there is a season, a time for every purpose under heaven. And then he continues in verse 11. He, that is God, has made everything beautiful in his time. Also, he has put eternity in their hearts, except that no one can find out the work that God does from beginning to end. Right? Um, But then also in verse 13, he says, it's the gift of God. All the things that we have, right, in his timing, everything, it is the gift of God. And then it really continues with a lot of the same, this is in Ecclesiastes 3, the same things that Peter's discussing, right? There's judgment, there's wickedness, there's all this, right? Even though injustice seems to prevail, scoffers seem to be doing what they do. They scoff, they're mocking, they're, they're in opposition, right? But the Lord's still in control. And that's kind of what he ends with at the end of the chapter in verse 22. So I perceive that nothing is better than that a man should rejoice in his own works, for that is his heritage. For who can bring him to see what will happen after him? In other words, we don't know the time. We don't know the, the fullness. Uh, yes, we have the word, and then there is, is revelation. And revelation is that at the end, the Lord wins. And those that are his, that the Lord is their God, and those people that have chosen to be his people will also rule and reign with him and spend eternity with him in his presence, worshiping him, and just like in this life, doing what it is that he says to do, saying what it is that he says to say. So I'd say this is a rehearsal, if you will, or practice for eternity. But also in that, it's, it's encouraging and having people understand, hey, don't forget this, right? We talked um, last week, I believe, about Deuteronomy and how Deuteronomy 30, and, and this is this is Peter writing this epistle towards the end of his life, not unlike Moses, right? Setting up things and reminding those that he has led, that he's taught, that he's shared with and spoken prophetically the word the Lord's given him, all right? But again, reminding them for what they should continue in after he goes, right? Moses did that. Peter's essentially doing the same thing here. He's encouraging them, but he's also reminding them so that they can move forward in the things of the Lord, continue to grow, and ultimately lead and teach others. So that's a, that's a great point, though, especially about time, though, Layla. Because, no, the Lord doesn't violate his own word. He doesn't do something prematurely. But he ensures that he gives us every opportunity to receive him. And, and by receive, I mean to put him in his proper place. He is Lord and Savior. Will you allow him to be Lord and Savior of your life? That's, that's really what it comes down to. Um, I, I like the, the reference that you made about time. It's also a reminder that, um, just like it says in Isaiah 55, 
um, verse 8 says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. God has a way that he does things. He has a way that he goes about carrying out his business in the earth, transacting business and com- completing the the plan that he's already put into action. He's got a way that he goes about it. And for me, this is very encouraging to go be patient. You've got a lot to look forward to, but understand, come up to how God thinks. Come on up to how God does things so that way you can see and perceive with the right attitude what's going on around you, what's going on in the spiritual realm, the eternal realm around you, and how it's affecting and playing out through time and be encouraged. Um, Kyla has something promised. Did you have something you wanted to say, sweetheart? Yes. Okay. Can you give, can promise go and you come back? Okay. Okay, the Lord was actually showing me verse, verse 9 about how the Lord's not slack and how he doesn't, he's not lazy, essentially. I love how you guys connected slack with lazy. Mm-hmm. That That's interesting. I've, I always thought about being slowful. And, and what you're doing, but you guys connected that with lazy. That's interesting. Go ahead, sweetheart. In that, like how dad brought up, there's a time for everything. Mm-hmm. That the, like, it, it seems that Lord's being slack, but, and what Peter said, but is long suffering towards us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. That there's a time for everything. So the Lord has set a time for him to do this thing. Mm-hmm. And also, I'll give the example of, let's say I'm at a bus stop and there's a bus zooming past. And the bus is supposed to pick me up. If the bus zooms right past me, how am I supposed to get on the bus? <laughs> I can't go get to school because the bus zoomed right past me and it's not coming back. Mm-hmm. So... That you have to also with this, you have to take your opportunity now and not go, Well, Lord, you I still have more time to do this exact thing. Mm-hmm. So, if the bus stops and comes to complete stop and opens its doors and lowers itself down to the ground so you can step on, but you stand there and wait, the bus is going to eventually close that door and ride on, right? Yes, okay. Yeah, that's a good point, sir. You have to take the opportunity in the moment. Uh, but I love how, even in this, right, this is a lesson that Peter learned from the Lord. Right? How many times, well, you don't give me an exact number, but there are times, many times, that Jesus, during his earthly ministry, said, uh, even to his own mother, right, at the beginning of John, uh, doing the first miracle, he's like, woman, it's not my time yet. Right? And how many other times does he say, uh, there is a time, and now is the time that, and he continues with the thing that the Lord has done or instructed him to do, right? Yes. Okay, so the Lord is Jesus, the Messiah, always in the perfect will of the Lord. That includes his perfect timing. He was not early. He was not late. He was 
precisely at the exact time. And then there's a and there is also a lesson for all of us, as you were pointing out, promise. We have to take the opportunity when the Lord gives the opportunity. Not not being late and trying to rush it along, but just remaining in his perfect will. Because in his perfect will is his perfect timing. And then we and those around us are also blessed and benefit as a result. Yeah? All right, Kyla, what do you have, honey? Well, I have two points, but they're connected. Okay. Um, first, I would like to talk about verse 3 and 4. Mm-hmm. Knowing this verse, that scoffers will come in the last days, walking according to their own lust, and saying, Where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. And it was a reminder to me, and something that I've, I'm still learning, but I've had to learn from the Lord and allow the Lord to teach me concerning it, that in this instance, in these scriptures, verses 3 and 4, that if you allowed yourself, if they had allowed themselves when the scoffers came to be duped or like the Lord's not coming, they were going to find themselves in a place where they were not ready when the Lord came in. So discouraged or dissuaded? Discouraged Mm -hmm. or they would give themselves or allow themselves to um, live worldly because they think they had more time, similar to how, but we're supposed to be ready, like how the Lord told Moses, instructed Moses during the first Passover, you eat your food with all your clothes and ready to go. Mm -hmm. Not to be waiting, not to be laying in your bed, eating your lamb, (laughs) but to be ready to walk out the door at a moment's notice. And Mm -hmm. that... The enemy comes to trick you and tries to rob that word because if you don't have it, where are you? The word of God and his promise concerning you and your future is so important. It's so important that if the enemy feels like if he takes it away, you're left with nothing because, and we we're reading a book by Terry Savelle Foy about your dreams and how without your dreams, you just go to and fro with no clear objective of where you want to go. And it's similar to without standing on the promise that the Lord gave you, you allow yourself to be carried away and discouraged or you might miss an opportunity because you're not looking for it and you allowed somebody to rob the enemy to take that from you. And... I guess the best example I can give you, it's kind of a testimony, is I interned for this company that wants to help young girls get an interest in STEM, and they're very passionate about pushing them and helping them see that there's more to life than just what they know currently, but to mature them and give them culture, I guess. Mm-hmm. And we came up... There was, so let me back up a little bit. The Lord spoke to me saying he would bless my employer as an honor to me because he was honoring me as Mm -hmm. a result of it. And it came to a point she wanted to do a spring break STEM camp. And it was something I heard the Lord tell me. And so I told her. And But then she got worried and concerned about it that people weren't registering. 
the registrations were getting ready to close. Like I think there's two or three days left to register and no one had signed up for the event. And then my mom was like, Kyla, did you pay for your ticket? I was like, no, I didn't. I was going to wait. I had schoolwork and I was just going to wait because I was supposed to be working that day. I wasn't going for my enjoyment. I was just working. And then, but mama told me to go ahead and pay for my ticket. And so I did. And at the end of the event, there were 30 girls registered. But why? Why did I say that to you? Because the Lord said he would bless her as a result of me being there. But if I didn't sow my seed, and that's me saying I don't agree with what's going on, or I don't trust what the Lord has already said, and I'm not sowing towards it. And so in this instant, it wasn't, the Lord is never slack or lazy, but it was my fault. I didn't think of it before, but it was my fault. I was the linchpin that kept the people from registering in a timely manner that she could see it. It's because I didn't go ahead and sow my seed and do what the Lord asked me, asked me to do. And you didn't participate. You weren't participating oh, yes. in the blessing he was trying to bring forth. Like he wanted you to, which was necessary because if you you were the blessing channel. Yes. And if you take yourself out of alignment. Then it stops, interrupts the flow. And I was the one being slack on that instance. And not, I want to encourage our listeners not to think that God is lazy or slack. Because he's not. But to examine yourself and see what did the Lord tell you that you're not doing. That are possibly holding up the manifestation of something in the natural. Okay, so make sure you've done everything that God has asked you to do and the, and the timing and the moment that he's asked you to do it. Yes. Um, what happened after you sowed, after you participated and sowed your seed into that? People started registering immediately. But it's more than sowing your seed. Mm-hmm. You, by doing so, made your, you fulfilled your commitment. You committed to the commitment and you placed value upon it by attaching your dollars to pay for the ticket. You said yes. you had a ticket, right? Yes. Right. So it changed where it was in your mind, where you saw it as just working as opposed to placing value on it so that others could in turn place value upon it. That's true. I never thought about it, Mr. Dean. Thank you. And your obedience opened the door for the flow to continue because we, we already know our obedience is the blessing channeling factor. If you are willing and obedient, you'll eat the good of the land. So within hours from her sowing for her, from her participating and obeying what God, what was his intention and his motivation and being active in that there were more girls than probably what she, than she could have imagined than what was normal, her normal, um, attendance. And they were all new girls had never heard of the program before. Hmm. And so Hey, Kyla, take just a quick second to tell people what STEM is. You mentioned that twice. Oh, sorry. (laughs) STEM stands for Science, Technology, Engineering, and Mathematics. It's the study of all these arts, and it's the basic application of our innovation of what you see in our day-to-day life, such as your computer. That is created with STEM, and they all are in a working. They're basically the building blocks of our current society. Okay. In particular, the technology we enjoy. Yes. In the cars we drive, mm-hmm. you have your engineers 
and you have your science and your technology in them. And specifically in our culture, which is different maybe from some that are listening, it's, it's done to encourage women who are very proficient in this yes. to break the mindsets that our culture has put upon them that they shouldn't participate in these. Is that correct? Correct. And last question for you. How did I know to say that to you? Because she texted me at like 8 in the morning. Kyla, I need you to pray. And that had been something like a staple in my employer and I's relationship that this is what the Lord told me to do. Like, she's a believer, but she's relatively, no, not new. She doesn't. She's still working towards things. Yes. As we all are. As we all are. I, she's still learning and she said something that bothered me, but the Lord wouldn't allow me to say, like, that's wrong. You shouldn't do that. But he said to pray instead. Prayer is what's going to change the effect, not because he didn't want me to scare her away just because of how I felt about the instance, but to show her the love of God and to pray and to teach her what I have learned. That prayer is what changes things and to bring that into her business, especially because she's a believer, to mm -hmm. bring that into your organization and make that a part of it. And when you have a petition, ask God. And it's been one thing after the other. Just with the number of attendance, the other options she's had, the places she's been able to go. Mm -hmm. So, and I'll say, I don't have anything to do with your internship but i i happened to see the text and i knew to say that only because the holy spirit gave that insight into what the problem was what was holding things up for her to move forward because i don't know that in and of myself but that was a word of wisdom from the lord right yes and an insight from him by the holy spirit that was able to put the key in the lock turn it and open the door to keep moving forward so that's a just a an encouragement for us to continually keep our ears open to the Lord as you bring your petitions before him, as you're gauging and assessing things, Holy Spirit, what are you saying about it? Because he knows the answer. I would never would have thought that was the answer myself, but God knows. He knows the secret things. He knows the hidden things. So allow him to speak. Give him place and opportunity to do so. Thank you for sharing that, Kyla. Go ahead, sir. Um, I found it interesting when he was talking about the scoffers. The Lord was showing me there that they were scoffing because they're afraid. They're afraid of what the coming of Christ represented and how they already knew what was going to happen. And it just reminded me of um, inside of chapter 2 where I was talking about how it would have been better for them to not have known the way of righteousness. The Lord was just showing me that they knew the way of righteousness because the Holy Spirit's there. He, even if you're not a Christian, he still points out stuff that you can fix. And it just applied to here because they, the Holy Spirit was talking to their hearts and they scoffed because they didn't want to believe it. And when the time was coming that they had to make a decision, they decided to go against it, and now they're reaping the consequences. And going from personal experiences, I get kind of scared from it. <laughs> scared from what? consequences oh okay and that's why they scoff 
it's also trying to wait to show people that they're not afraid, making air quotes. Okay. Um, there were scoffers in Noah's day, right? When he yes. was spending all that time mm-hmm. building the ark, there were scoffers and mockers. Um, and the accountability of where they are belongs to the Lord. I want to say that. Um, because everything written in the word is for, as I read the word, is for my reproof, Amen. my instruction, my edification, right? My yes. correction, my building up. As you read the word, it's for yours. As every individual looks into the word of God for themselves and on their own, it is for you. While you're like, man, that sure would apply to my sister over there. Or my daughter really needs to hear this. <laughs> the word is first for the reader who is partaking of it. Or if it's falling on your ears, it's for you. So as you're looking at the scoffers, their point of accountability belongs to the Lord. God just wants us to be aware of two things that it's not out of the ordinary for someone to mock you for believing God or mock the word of God or mock the plan and the purpose of God, but also to be aware that we don't become said mocker. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it, it's really important that we keep it in its rightful place as we're looking at it and, and not put it as to, it's just them over there. It, you know, someone over there in the bushes, but not me. But then when God speaks to you and says, Hey, the Charles, I've got a promise for you. I want you to be a doctor. And you go, (laughs) isn't that the same thing Miss Sarah did in the tent door? Yes. When the Lord said she was going to have a baby. And then God said, why did you laugh? And she said, I didn't. He said, but you did laugh. Just because of that, you're going to name this. (laughs) You're going to name him laughter. Isaac, right? So be, be mindful that you are not becoming lulled into a sense of separation from the promise of God. It's taking too long. I might as well cast off restraint and go play or the, the virgins that did not prepare themselves and bring enough oil, right? The 10 wise and the 10 foolish. So some of them brought oil and had enough to last for whatever time it would take for the Lord to come back. They brought enough joy. They brought enough enough word with them. They brought enough encounter with the Holy Spirit and long standing and long suffering in relationship with him. They brought enough to sustain them through their time in the earth, if you will. But some of them only brought enough. Well, God, I can only believe you to hear. And I don't know what we're going to do after that because my faith is only as good as your last miracle or the last time you bless me. Okay. But be prepared for what's going on so that your heart is always ever ready to hear the word of God. It's ever ready to believe God and to extend as long as he is to put yourself on his time versus trying to make him come into your own. Okay. Then you had something. Yeah. Prepared was a good word that you gave me for a segue there because there's a component of this and we, we hear um, just know then that scoffers will come in the original text that no is to know absolutely. So it is going to happen. So there's a mm-hmm. preparation and there's plenty of other scriptures that back us up in that to be ready, mm-hmm. right? For to the count on it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But we need to be ready for That's that. Right. right? So yep. you were referencing those for the bridegroom that were coming that didn't have the oil. Mm-hmm. Are you ready to give an answer for your faith? Mm-hmm. Are you ready to do it with love and grace and compassion? But are you ready for that? Cause these mm-hmm. scoffers are going to come. They are going to say these things. Mm-hmm. And so you, can you can encourage yourself in reminding yourself of the things of God in that 
you have opportunity to encourage others and to become a reflection of Christ for them in that moment as well. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, it's twofold. So you can strengthen your own faith just in knowing when, these, when they say these things. If you don't speak a word, you can know in your heart, well, that's not accurate with what God's word is. So mm-hmm. I can be strengthened by that and knowing that. I can also be strengthened knowing by that because God told me this was going to happen. Mm-hmm. So we mm-hmm. even talk about the instructions in Proverbs to the young men and, of course, women, but the young men, you know, to, to be ready so that don't get caught by the eyes of the adulterous woman, right? Because she's the, out there. <laughs> she's lurking. <laughs> she is. And, and so the key is don't get caught by her eyes. I mean, there's, there's so much mm-hmm. wisdom in that. So mm-hmm. just know that knowing is to know absolutely this is going to come. And if you know something absolutely is going to come, if you know it's going to absolutely rain today, why are you leaving without your umbrella or your raincoat, right? So, <laughs> Unless you just want to play in the rain, <laughs> right? Yeah. Absolutely. So expect it. You know, Jesus said that if this is how he was treated, don't expect that you're going to be higher than your, your teacher, your master. So we can anticipate, and he's telling us clearly, I love that about God. Before we call, he answers. Before we know that something is going to arise, he's already long educated us. If we're listening, he's educated us, prepared us, strengthened us, and suited us for battle. So that way, when it comes, we're just stepping over it. We're just, you know, we're ready to go with whatever is appropriate by the Holy Spirit, our actions, whatever is appropriate in that moment. He's already equipping us with it. So, like you said, Dean, just go ahead and settle that in your heart. Don't be offended by it. Don't be moved by it. Don't give any place to the enemy in that. And keep moving forward on the plan that God has for your life. Keep moving forward along that destiny track that he's got for you because God is good. He's not surprised by it, and neither should we be surprised by it. And God is not offended, neither should we be offended. This is just a part of as we're moving, right? Yes. Yes. So we've talked a lot about scoffers on that, right? And uh, as as we were discussing it, I was reminded of Psalms 1 and 2. Um, mm. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that, that's literally how it begins, right? Uh, the contrast are between the righteous and the wicked or ungodly. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. Other versions will say scoffers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. Amen. Verse 3. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. Amen. We see the same things being discussed in Peter, right? You see in there the the contrast between righteous and wicked. You see the the aspect or discussion of time and timing, right? And then of course the rest of the of Psalm one, it contrasts with the wicked's actions, right? And then it continues again in verse or sorry in Psalm two, right? How it talks about even the rulers of the earth set themselves against the Lord, right? And say let's let's cut our ties. Let's do our own thing, essentially, right? Let us break their bonds in pieces and cast their cords from us as they're fighting against God and the Lord's anointed. But then in verse 4, it's interesting because, yes, scoffers and mockers, they do what? They laugh. Yeah? Yes. But in verse 4, someone else is laughing. He who sits in the heavens shall laugh. 
Why is that the case? Psalms chapter 2, babe. Yes, that's Psalms chapter 2, mm -hmm. yes. Verse 4. If I, as the Lord, right, the Lord knows the end from the beginning. Mm -hmm. as, as you just pointed out, honey, and, and we've discussed here, he's not surprised by anything. Already knows what people are going to do, and he already knows the outcome, right? And then scripture said, he knows the end, he calls the end from the beginning. And also scripture says the end of a thing is better than the beginning of a thing. So he already knows the outcome. He already knows how it's going to turn out. He's not surprised by any of it, right? And he's, he has already prepared a way and a place and, and all those things for those who would choose, willingly choose to follow him and call him Lord. I was just say, just think of it this way. Told ya! <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying, I'm just saying, right? Yeah. That's what the Lord's doing. He said, I told ya! I told ya! I already said this. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Right. Not one jot or tittle shall fall from any of the words spoken, right? But it'll accomplish okay. Isaiah 55, all my plan and purpose, right? Amen. Not one word it's shall fail, but everything that he, that he intended and purposed for it to accomplish mm -hmm. will be accomplished. So, so you see that same thing here. And then, uh, especially in uh, Psalm 1, verse 3, right? The godly, right? Or a, it says it's like a tree, right? David uses the same verse, uh, same idea in Psalm 52, right? Um, actually, it, it almost mirrors Psalms 1 and 2, where it talks about first as a specific individual, Doeg, right? But is talking about it in a, in a loose concept about wickedness. And then, again, starting in verse 6, it talks about the righteousness. Oh, first it talks about wickedness. It talks about the punishment for wickedness. But then in verse 6, it begins to talk about the righteous. All right? And, um, but in verse 8 specifically, David says, But I am like a green olive tree in the house of God. I trust in the mercy of God forever and ever. I will praise you forever because you have done it. And in the presence of your saints, I will wait on your name, for it is good. Now, I don't know how many of you have studied out, whether it's Ezekiel or anywhere else in Scripture, um, Chronicles or, or Kings, the temple of the Lord. And if you will, there are no trees in the house of the Lord. Right? So clearly this is about something else. David is saying he is rooted or planted. His roots are in the Lord. And in the presence of the Lord, he does not leave it. And what else is, does the Lord say, especially about the Holy Spirit? Right? He said to the woman at the well, believes in me, out of his belly will flow what? Of living water. So what David is saying is my life, my hope, everything is in the Lord. That's where I am rooted and grounded in. And regardless of where I am at physically, I am in the presence of the Lord. And you see this throughout the prophets, especially the Old Testament, right? What does Elijah say? He's standing before a king. He also says, before the Lord whom I stand, as in the Lord God. 
Does not Gabriel say the same thing when he gives his bona fides? Yes. I stand in the presence of the Lord. Or before the Lord of all the earth. We should be the same way. Those that are righteous, right? Or that are pursuing righteousness, pursuing God, is what that is. So it is a, there's a warning, there's a lesson for us, there, and there's ultimately the hope is to encourage and admonish us to pursue the Lord with everything, to be rooted in Him, regardless of what anyone else says or does, right? This goes back to what we were discussing yesterday, discern, and discernment comes through the Holy Spirit. People can say what they'll say, they can try to entice you with eloquent speech and flowery words and, and whatever else. Vain promises. Exactly. But what is the Holy Spirit? That is, what does the Lord say about this? Because what he says is true. And I just want to point out really quickly, our righteousness comes through believing on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And when we bring our sin to him, right, he forgives us from all unrighteousness. He cleanses us from our sins, Right. So our righteousness comes through him. And then after we come into fellowship with Jesus through salvation, we're, we're designed to pursue Christ. Mm-hmm. The, the very DNA on the inside of our bodies that we're constructed from is made of the word of God, but it's designed to pursue Jesus Christ. So pursue him. And I, I like verse 1 of chapter 3 of Second Peter. It says, Beloved, mm-hmm. I now write to you this second epistle, in both of which I stir up your pure minds by way of reminder. Mm-hmm. The fact that he's calling to their pure minds. What is that? That's the mind of Christ. He's going, Amen. put on the mind of Christ so you can hear what I'm actually saying to you. Don't look at the word of God or as I'm talking to you, don't look at it with a natural mind because a natural mind, the natural man can't perceive the things of God. Put on the mind of Christ so you can hear what I'm saying as I'm speaking to your heart, the word of God, the word of truth. Mm-hmm. So you can know and understand what the will of the Lord is, what the plan and the outcome of God will be. Um, you know, that's a, a choice that we must all make is to, God, I'm going to look at things from your perspective. I'm not going to insist upon you looking at it from my perspective because what does an earthly perspective have to do with the things of God? Nothing. What does a carnal and fleshly or demonic perspective have to do with the things of God? Nothing. They can neither understand it or perceive it or accept it. It's foolishness. To that mind. But when I put on the mind of Christ, when God says scoffers and mockers are going to come, don't be disturbed and don't be moved by it, I can understand that. When he says that God is long-suffering, I can see, oh, you were long-suffering with me, and I'm actually grateful for your long-suffering because if you had just wrapped it up, I never would have made it. I never would have even had an opportunity. So God, just as you were gracious towards me, be gracious towards everyone. That's righteousness. That's who God is. Amen. So put on the mind of Christ. Put on the pure mind that is not seek self-seeking or self-serving. Not weighed down by lust or um, misconceptions or greed, but is full of and filled with the things of God, desiring to do the will of the Lord and only to hear and see and benefit and further the plan and the will of God in the earth. So... That's all I had to say on that. All right. We're going to pause there for today. So can I get a volunteer to close out in prayer, please? I will. Okay, I promise. Go for it, sir. Lord, I just thank you for 
today in your enduring mercy and grace towards us in sight of this earth and your will not doing not slacking off your job or being quick to too quick to do so that we miss our opportunity. In the name of Jesus, amen. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, we love you all. We are praying for you. God bless you. Have a wonderful day. Thank you for listening to A Day of Prayer. We trust the Lord that you are strengthened and encouraged in your relationship with Christ. Visit us on our website, adayofprayer.org, where you can check out our blog, find additional study resources, or shop the official A Day of Prayer store. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. So until next time, take care and God bless you.